Coming up on this episode of Open for Business, Walmart's power goes no where no discount has gone before. Online referral sites like Referral Key, we don't think so. Ugh, resolutions, what are they good for? Smart marketing is smart marketing, online or offline. All that and more next on episode 62 of Open for Business. This is the Hartford Online Radio Network. 21st Century Audio. Delivered. OnTheHorn.com. Bandwidth for On The Horn is provided by Amazon S3 servers. Amazon S3 is storage over the internet. Retrieve any amount of data at any time from anywhere on the web. Highly scalable, reliable, secure, fast, and inexpensive. All from a name you trust, Amazon. For more information about Amazon S3 storage, visit aws.amazon.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Parker, and I am joined today by Zen Master Tommy Russo, co-owner of LNR Productions, a full-service advertising agency and audio video production house you can check them out online at lnrproductions.com hello tommy and happy new year yeah same to you brian good to see you and i'm glad to hear that that fast of yours is going really well congrats oh, we'll get more into that in a okay. second okay ken cook is also here acclaimed author fortune 500 consultant speaker and contributor to inc magazine now running peer-to-peer advisors check him out on the web at peer-to-peeradvisors.com hello kenny Brian, happy new year, sir. Happy new year. Tommy, happy new year. You too, Ken. Good to see you. You too. How was Arizona? Arizona was wonderful. Yeah? Yes. The golf was good. The weather was warm. And And uh, now you're bundled up in the lovely Connecticut weather. Yeah. (laughs) The sweaters are back. The turtlenecks are out. And away we go. (laughs) Terrific. We are also joined on the phone by Chris Reimer at Rizzo Tees and uh, and, uh, VP of Social Media at Falk Harrison. Chris, how are you doing, sir? I am well. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Chris wrote a screamingly funny article on this thing called Referral Key, which is going to be our first hot potato item. Um, Kenny, tell me a little bit about Referral Key first, just so we can get a little baseline, and then we'll uh, get to Chris. Well, I don't want to steal Chris's thunder, but when I started getting the deluge of emails from people asking me to sign on to Referral Key, and every one of them was exactly the same verbiage, I decided, all right, I got to check this out. And I went to referralkey.com, and it is, frankly, superficial and stupid. <laughs> That's it. And, and there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> end. <laughs> you know, I, and I had just recently got, I guess this has been around for a while, but I had just recently gotten a referral key request. And I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. I didn't know. I'm all about, yeah, let's try new social media. Let's see what happens. But it was the part about, they wanted all my LinkedIn information yeah. and, they wa- and I was, and I got a little creeped out by that. But, uh, if you go over to, um, Rizzo over in the blog there, you will see our guest, Chris Reimer has written a screamingly funny article, uh, blog post about his referral key and clogging the arteries of his inbox with spam. Chris, tell us about what happened. Yeah, it's funny. I frankly, I don't even know where to begin, but I will. Let's start with the end. The end here is that right now, when you go to Google, whether you're signed in or not, and you search for the term referral key, my blog post shows up between two and four on the first well page. And so done. I'd have to think that, and, and I, I wrote it not with that as the uh, my intention. I did not write it with the intention of having it be my most traffic blog post of all time. Uh, I've got 250 or so posts. Uh, I didn't mean for it to be a slam piece. Uh, I was just 
I was struck in the same way as, as Ken was by just this deluge of emails that came in that all looked exactly the same. Now, when the first one came in and it said in the subject line, are you taking on new clients? Question mark. My initial thought in my head, you know, talking to myself was like, well, hell yeah, I'm taking on new clients. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is so exactly what Duh. I said. I said, yes, oh, yeah. yes. And it was from someone I knew. So I was like, all right, referrals are working. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, this damn friendship of ours is paying off. Right? So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank God. But, but what's interesting is then you, you then you read it a little bit and you're like, oh, well, so it's for a service and maybe I can go check this service out. But what happened with me, which was interesting, was that – and I have a lot of LinkedIn contacts. I'm an open networker. So I, I actually sort of invite this sort of thing, unfortunately, you know, spam from people I don't really know very well. But they just started pouring in. And of course, immediately that, you know, that sets off the light bulbs of the signal or whatever, and you know, something's not right. And so, and then each of the, each subject line was the same. And if you go to rizzotees.com and click on the blog and do a search for referral key, you'll find the post and you'll see an image at the top. That was an exact, that was a photograph of my inbox unaltered. I did not have to screen out any other emails that came in in between those emails. That picture of my inbox is exactly what it looked like after receiving all of these emails and I, I just thought this this doesn't mean that this service is that good it means something has unfortunately caught on fire and i'm i'm receiving it and you know i can delete all these but what does this all mean you know so i started doing a little research and as you can see in the blog post i basically wrote back to people and said may i ask why you're sending this to me and i sent it to 30 i mean i received hundreds of those but i sent it to 30 People uh, that I didn't know sent them just that question, and I really want, I was really curious to hear what the answers would be. And I got seven answers back, and they really varied from, oh, my account got hacked, and I wonder if that was actually the truth, to, hey, you know, it's a cool service. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's not. In between, I had people trying to explain to me what the service would do. I will admit I've never signed up for the service. I never used it, but my post was intended to – talk to people and basically offer the idea that have you considered what, well, first of all, to referral key, have they considered what this avalanche of emails makes them look like? This service could, you know, I know that we're talking today about how these sites maybe are not all on the up and up. This site could have been on the up and up. I didn't want to make the assumption that it wasn't the real deal, but their actions and the types of emails that they had their system send me, it told me otherwise. And so I wrote the post and I really wanted people also to think about, I wanted you guys to think about what's it going to make you look like if you sign up for it. Yeah. And so I, I didn't, I wasn't trying to say that the site wasn't legitimate. Uh, it, it could very well be a very powerful and uh, legal and legitimate way to refer business. Although I, I think you could probably just do that via LinkedIn and your yep. existing relationships. You but, uh, Amen. you know, it, uh, and then you saw what happened down in the comments. Anyone that wrote, read the post, hopefully read through the comments because the comments were better than the post. Uh, <laughs> they certainly added something to it. You know, I, I'm, re I'm looking at that picture right now, and, and we'll put up a link in our blog post uh, for this show for the listeners who download this later of the exact um, Rizzo T's uh, blog uh, post for this. But, I mean, it is – the picture is exactly why we call spam spam. Yep. Cut it, it it is just a chunk of junk uh, junk you know it is yeah. it is canned 
It is canned email product, mainly from ham. That's what it is. My challenge with it, and, and Chris, I agree with everything you said, and my challenge with it isn't whether referral key is legitimate or not legitimate. It is how they are positioning referrals. And what their stated mission on their website is, is to collect millions of people worldwide and enable those people to refer people to each other. So I have a real challenge referring somebody, someone to someone I don't know. Here's my question, because yeah. I, I received a handful, I wouldn't say a deluge, but a handful or two of these emails, and they all started right around the first of the year. And I've done a little bit of networking, including you and I, uh, prior to the show starting. Uh, do we know of one person that's gotten a bona fide referral from Referral Key? Mm -hmm. And if they exist, please come to the surface. Please write us, you know, join our chat room, send something to Chris, send something to any one of us. Is yeah. there one person out there that's gotten a referral? I, no, I, I think people have probably gotten more referrals by doing stuff like we did, which is coming together and saying, what the hell is this referral key? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this nonsense that's in my inbox now? Yeah, we are truly going to test the adage. All advertising is good advertising. Yeah, All I media mean, is good media. And but this seems to be the, um, you know, this seems to be the sort of Instagram type model that they're trying to recreate without the good things of Instagram. Just have a massive community of people and emails. Yeah. And hopefully someone says, I'll pay, I'll pay for that. Yeah, and for me, the mm. phrase I used before we uh, started the show when we were just talking about this, referral key to me is a collector. They are not a connector. They do not connect people. They do not give any motivation for anyone to take a relationship they've built and jeopardize it by that's connecting a, That's a great framework, I think, to put it in. No, I, and, I, and I love it. And you know what? And kudos to you, you two over here, because I was not on LinkedIn, really. I mean, I had an account, but I never looked at it. So I reinvigorated myself last year on LinkedIn. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I have developed great friendships, you know, via LinkedIn just by talking about stuff that I love, whether it's, you know, photography or podcasting or music or, or your whatever. daughter. Or my, I haven't done that yet. Pa parenting, You've LinkedIn done, parenting. Uh, that's check that you do that on Facebook. I do do that on Facebook. Yes. Um, but you know, it, and it's just fun to have that kind of. I don't possibly see myself, and I, and I can tell you, I won't. I won't go to referral key and, and do all this kind of stuff. But also, there's the backhanded stuff of them asking to get all your LinkedIn contacts. Nuts. Not only yeah. do they push that on you, they've made a little video that your friends are sending to you yeah. automatically saying, hey. Well, Chris, let me ask you, as the social media expert, a client comes up to you in your capacity with Falk Harrison and says, Chris, I've got these emails from Referral Key, and I think it's a great way for my 10-person sales team to expand their reach. What do you say to them? You know, I would tell them that I don't, I have not researched the tool and I haven't used it, but I'd ask them, you know, what are they seeing there that looks so... So so magical that, frankly, yeah, in per, that in person networking, LinkedIn, uh, your existing email database with these more, oh, I dare to call them traditional methods. That these traditional methods couldn't you know, couldn't equally, uh, you know, you couldn't couldn't do the same thing. Just guys, remember this: anything that purports to make money or to make making money, 
very easy and almost effortless to do. And I'll say this with or without a multiplying factor. When I say that, I'm kind of leaning towards Ponzi. That's what yep. I mean by with. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Madoff. <laughs> No, because there, because what happens is with those deals, they say, well, the math, you know, it's irrefutable. It's just look at once you get down to level two or three, you can see how you know your success multiplies. But even if that's not part of the equation, anything that purports to make making money very easy and almost effortless to do is fishy. It just is. Yeah. And procuring business, procuring business, and creating relationships takes work. Spending time on LinkedIn and trying to reach out to people and creating in-person meetings—that I, I count that as work. Where you sign up for a service and suddenly your name gets suddenly your name gets bandied about you know the bowels of the internet and suddenly referrals are coming in. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing how that is a, I'm not seeing how that is a you know viable business. Are you getting another phone call? Are you getting a referral key referral right now? <laughs> that that might be that character that uh, that works there calling to say you know what the f are you talking about yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> we all need protection after this referral keys on the road that's right hopefully they Office. live closer to st louis than hartford yeah. <laughs> well i think you know re re referrals are um they are not something that you should that one should do uh lightly you should really take some serious time yeah. uh before you connect to people because you know what your reputation's on the line and once you connect those two people you don't have any control over that and I'm not really sure referral key is the way to do it. I think meeting other people yourself online is great, a yep. la LinkedIn. Yep. But this kind of thing does seem a, a little uh, a little suspicious to me. But, hey, I want to thank uh, Chris Reimer from uh, Rizzo Tees and uh, Falk Harrison from, uh, for joining us. I know you got to go, and it sounds like people are already calling you. But thanks so much for being on, my buddy. It was my pleasure, and uh, I, I, I'm a big fan. Thanks a lot for having me on. Thanks, Chris. Right. Thanks, You're the best. Chris. Thanks, pal. Take good care um great stuff yeah um great stuff from referral key there uh i mean not from referral key but about referral key. great fodder for conversation you, you know yeah. might what might be fun is to bring chris back at some point in time to discuss his expertise in social media in That'd general be a fun show absolutely yeah. we can make him a regular there you go there, you, there go. you go there you go uh the power of walmart lowering prices on iphones and ipads this is shocking i wonder if this i don't i don't know but I wonder if this is a sign of the times of the end of Walmart's supreme dominance. Here's my thinking. Uh, yeah. Technology, you explain this one to me, Lucy. Technology allows direct customer to consumer, or uh, uh, manufacturer to consumer, like like Apple products. Right. Okay, you go into the Apple store, you get a great, a great experience of having people help you out right there. There's no line. You know, the person can, you know, check you out right there as they're standing there with you. It's a great experience. But there are places like Walmart or Best Buy that have sort of been relegated to the showroom of online shopping. Mm -hmm. Think of uh, like Amazon. Yep. You want to buy a TV. Well, what do you do first? You, you research it. And then what do you do? You go down to Best Buy and you look at it exactly in the showroom. And then do you buy it at Best Buy? No, you get a better deal online. So you go home and, and you buy it online. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that sort of model, that Best Buy Walmart model, is kind of coming to an end. And we see it by doing by them saying, you know, the only thing we can do to push these iPads is to dramatically reduce these prices. What do you guys think? Well, here's one thing. Okay, hypothetical. All right. If Steve Jobs was alive today, 
would this be occurring? I wonder if all conversations about Apple products will always start with... <laughs> At least for the Steve, next year. If Steve Jobs was alive. <laughs> I'm just wondering, man, well, because gotten his Google commitment Maps. to integrity, his commitment yeah. to being the highest price and not discounting guts on goal, an Italian phrase, sorry, folks, his commitment to that, I'd, I don't... You might be right, Ken, but I'm going to politely disagree. I No, I have no idea. Whether it be occurring under Steve's uh, reign or not, I, but I hadn't thought of it from the perspective you brought up, Brian, and you're absolutely right. Oh my! God. Let write down the date. Write it down. <laughs> this is the one and only time in thirteen, though. By That's the right. way, <laughs> we're talking it. about because a, that is the habit. We're talking about a uh, a New York Times article, and again, we'll we'll link to this on the um, on the website when we do the blog post. But uh, the 16 gigabyte iPhone 5 has been marked down to $127 from the usual $189. And That's it retails for 200 at the ice at the Apple. And store. it retails for yeah $11 more at the retail at the. Uh, That's Apple a store. significant discount. Th that is. It is. It, it is significant. But I think I hadn't thought of it. But it is. The necessary response from the brick and mortar retailer. This is the only way we can get you is by just slashing the prices. We are truly commoditizing everything that we put on our shelves. And if you think about Walmart, Walmart has made its name by really strangleholding its distribution hubs. Yep. And saying, look, hey, look, if you want a product, there's a million guys making uh, throw pillows for your couch. You can buy throw pillows for your couch at Walmart. But uh, this guy over here, look, we want I, we like this quality, mm -hmm. but we want you to do it for uh, you know seventy five percent less. And if you can't do that, I mean, we'll buy millions of them. You'll be a wealthy guy. But the difference, but is... you gotta you gotta come down in the price. And, and I don't know if that that's sustainable anymore because we see people that are saying, you know, we want quality, sure, but you know, I don't know. we may pay a little more. Just to have the the convenient experience and know that hey look I, I can I can go over to the Apple Store they can set me all up and I'm done, which is direct Apple to consumer, but places like Best Buy, where now they're just the showroom yeah. for App or for uh, Amazon. No, I think they're what's they're flipping Stephen over in his grave right now though, is the fact that Apple is a commodity. Yeah. It was never well, a commodity until Walmart discounted the price. Yeah. And it made price the decision point. And he certainly does not. He wants the experience to be. It's always been the experience. And it's it, always been yeah, the, no, the visual and the touch and the use and the simplicity and everything, every other attribute. That and you know what? Others are catching up. The Samsung has made a great phone in this yeah. uh, Galaxy uh, in this Galaxy phone. What was it called? The Note? No, is it the Note Three Galaxy S Three? I, I, I think you're right. I saw the I saw one of those. My nephew had it. Great phone, well, big yeah. screen. One of my wife's friends has one, and actually one one of the guys uh, I know over in Farmington who uh, uh, owns a gym, he has one. And uh, you know what? Very snappy. Yeah. You know, you got to get used to you know where things are and all that kind of stuff. But you know, five minutes with it, you know, you're pretty good. Yeah. Um. So others are catching up. So I don't know. You know. But uh, as long as Apple c controls all of that, you know they're they're going to beat out Walmart in in selling these things. It, it, it says something that Walmart, the biggest retailer on the earth, 
can't come close to what Apple can do with its own products. Here's another show for the future, because a good friend of mine is an absolute expert when it comes to channels of distribution. He know, And he's consulted with some of the largest companies around with regard to it. So okay. we'll get Bill on at a future date and Great. talk about this. Sounds good. Last uh, hot potato item, and then we'll get into our uh, focus discussion here. Resolutions. It's the new year. Oh, my God. Did you guys make any business resolutions? I don't make resolutions. You don't make resolutions. No. Nor do I. Nor do you. No. I actually don't either. But uh, <laughs> All right, we're done with that one. <laughs> but you know what I do? I mean, I do it. I sort of do it all the time exactly. is really what, what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and there are resolutions that I make that happen to coincide with New Year's, but it's just sort of, they could have been made, you know, last July or this coming April. You know, it's not really a New Year's thing, but I'm, I'm always trying to do other stuff. And for me, it's a, you know, is this a problem? How much of a problem is it? Do I need to focus on it and change something? And then once I decide, yeah, I need to focus on and, and change it, I then go through the process of, of writing a resolution mm-hmm. of what I'm going to do, what action items can I take. So you are just better. on the start of your juice cleansing 10-day regimen? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I made a personal resolution. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being, you know, fat, sick, and almost dead, to quote. If, <laughs> if, you, haven't, if you haven't visited that website, I, I can't remember the guy's name now. But he did a great, uh, a great show that you can watch on Hulu or I'm sure anywhere else. Um, I think I watched, maybe watched it on Netflix. Um, but this guy did a, a juice diet, and he had a uh, autoimmune disease, and he was uh, he was a little heavier. I'm, I, I was uh, when I started, I was 242 pounds, almost an eighth of a ton, mm-hmm. as I like to say. Ooh. And uh, I was just, you know, that's that's I'm I'm done now. This is ridiculous. I need to I need to be a grown up and. <laughs> And take control of this. I have control of so many other things in my life, but this. And that's just, and this is probably the easiest thing to do because I make a conscious effort to eat. And now I can make a conscious effort to eat properly. Yes. So I'm doing a juice diet for 10 days, a little cleansing. And uh, it's actually very, uh, breakfast is terrific. It's really good juices. I mean, it's apple. You know, you put in an apple, you put in a an, an orange, a, you know, a pint of uh, strawberries and a pint of blueberries. That tastes great. Well, Any you... kind of protein powder or anything yeah. like that? There's no protein. Really? No protein at all? Well, there's a lot of... Uh, the, the difference is that the protein that you're probably referring to is like chicken or beef or something like that. No, no. no. Literally, there are powders that are made pa- that are... But powder... Same, same thing. Okay. Those are what they call macronutrients. And the American diet now, and, and I'm certainly guilty of it, and I love cooking and, and I completely screwed this up. Is supposed to be. It, it's right now. It's about eighty percent macronutrients and only twenty percent micronutrients. Well, it's supposed to be reversed for that for the human body. You, know, you can mm. survive and stuff, but eventually you're going to run into issues, um, which is why we take all these damn pills and, and and whatever. So what this diet does is it says, look, th- we're going to load you up with micronutrients. Now you're going to get a little macronutrients in things like, uh, um, like broccoli or kale, or uh, green beans. You're going to get a little bit of that anyway. So you're not going to, you know, it's not going to be like you fall off the face of the earth because you didn't have protein for ten days. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You can sustain yourself for six months like this. You're you're, you're fine. Um, and again, I'm doing this with you know with a doctor and and all that kind of stuff, which is what I recommend you guys do. 
And, uh, and since I have MS, I mean, I have to do it with a doctor, otherwise we really run into issues. So this is really designed to kind of flip-flop that and kind of reboot my system and say, okay, I have, been, I have had a dearth of micronutrients in my body. Let's really kind of ramp it up, get things kind of cleaned up and, and going. And after 10 days, um, yeah, I, I will have, you know, the benefit is, it's really a side benefit is that you'll lose weight. But really, it, it starts to kind of reboot your system so you can more effectively deal with macronutrients once you reintroduce them. Well, what do you do on day 11? In day 11, you reintroduce actually chewing. <laughs> At a m gradual pace? I mean, or do you jump right back into two eggs over easy and bacon? No, probably no bacon. Okay. I'll probably do, um, you know, maybe twice a week I'll have... Uh, a fistful size of uh, of red meat, and then the rest of it will be a fistful size, maybe twice a week of uh, of chicken, and that's and that's all the protein I'll need. And the other days I'll just you know I'll eat my my uh, my vegetables and my fruits. So you're going back to smart choices, controlled portions. Yeah, and this what also is good is this is you know seven to ten days, kind of breaks you out of that cycle of eating bad. Yeah. And really, the only time that it really hurts is late later at night. Like when I get home tonight, I'm going to be looking at that refrigerator full of really delicious cheese and you know <laughs> salami and, and all that kind of stuff. And like, oh gosh, darn it! Not so today. That's the, that's the only time I, I really like right before bed. And last night I was having the I was having dreams about uh, eating a Butterfinger bar, you know, the candy bar. Ooh. <laughs> It's one of my favorites. And what's funny is, I remember, like, when I stopped drinking, I remember I would have these, like, drunk dreams, like, you know, thinking, and, you're, like, you'd wake up and you'd feel guilty because you're like, was that real? Did I really ruin it? Oh, my God, what's going mm. on? But no, okay, it's all right. And I had that same kind of thing. I had candy bar dreams. I woke up feeling all guilty, like, oh, my God, did I break the diet already? Oh, my God. All right, enough. It's fine. Let us move on. All right, hey, smart marketing applies everywhere smart marketing is smart marketing whether whether it is online there's a lot of you know we talked about this last week too with lawn seidman you know common sense in business is common sense yeah you guys can really do this uh launch us into this discussion there kenny well this was another one of uh, a blog posts that came in a lot of them come from a company called hubspot and tommy and i were talking about this earlier and from hubspot's perspective the entire world is a nail because all they have are hammers. They are 100% about online social media marketing and inbound marketing. That's it. So every they look at everything through that lens. And they put out a blog article on 15 examples of brilliant homepage design. And they show you the homepage and tell you the top two or three points for each one. And they summarize what the brilliant marketing ideas are that make these homepages so wonderful. I'll read you the top six. Clarity on who you are and what you do. Messages that are important and valuable to your target audience. Compelling value. Easy to understand. Call to action. Relevant and timely. And I'm looking at those six and I'm saying, that's just smart marketing. That yeah. doesn't have anything to do with online, offline, in-person, not in-person. It's just smart marketing. So I, I, I tend to get a little impatient with people who view the entire world as a nail because all they have are hammers in the toolbox. Well, that, and, and I think that's, that's just the it. sin here is probably we're so excited about you know 
how many followers do we have on yeah. Facebook and how many followers do we have on LinkedIn or whatever. And and really it's you know, do you have a purpose in life that you want to communicate your you know, your business does for people? Exactly. How clearly can you communicate that? And who are you targeting this to? Mm-hmm. You know, if I sell uh, blankets for truck drivers that have to be a particular size, I probably don't need to advertise on television because truck drivers are in their trucks, so they're not seeing that. Yeah. But instead, maybe I go after highway billboard signs. You know what I'm saying? But what I... I agree with you, it, and it, it all—it's all about the venue and what it is that you bring to the world. When, if I think about Tom and Eleanor Productions, I know that if I want to create awareness, if I want to stand above the crowd, I can go to Tommy, I can go to Tommy and Paul, and they will put together some type of—it could be musical, it could be video, it could be something that will create attention. And grab attention in a world that is exceptionally crowded. And I have no problem existing in a crowded world. I don't want to exist in a competitive world. So I want to find ways that separate me. Yep. And knowing your compelling value and knowing that it's valuable for your target audience. Smart Marketing 101. I don't care if it's online, offline. I don't care if it's a jingle. I don't care if it's a video. As long as the messaging resonates in terms of value with regard to the audience you're trying to reach. And I think that that's really the key is taking the time, slowing down enough to know who that target audience is and what they really do need. There is the essence of it. You used it slowing down. Right. Absolutely. You know, instead of rapid firing and in this days, you know, of Twitter, this and Facebook, that there is this rapid fire machine gun that's always clicking off one round after another, as opposed to Ken, you know, you and I are going to work together on this project. Let's talk a little bit about your hopes, you know, the aspirations, what you have in mind to get results and what, what does that look like to you? What, and some, you and I are on the same page as far as realistic expectations. And that requires all of us to slow down and engage. I have a question for both of you. Would you prefer receiving a Facebook message, a Twitter message or a phone call from Tommy Russo? Oh, phone call. Um, just for the novelty of Facebook message. Okay. <laughs> you I, are rowdy tonight, oh Brian. Oh man, I feel like I was just body slammed. I'm not quite sure why, but oh. <laughs> no, but certainly, no, certainly, you know, if you can connect via um, uh, a phone call or even in person, that's terrific. I mean, if you were to Hallelujah. walk, in, I mean, yeah. if you were to walk into my office during lunchtime or something and just say, "Hey, I was in the area, I wanted to say hi," that's even better. But there is a thing that I don't want. I wouldn't want someone that I don't expect to call me. I understand that. Um, so tell, me, like, tell me more about that. So if I have a connection on LinkedIn, right? Um, and I'm talking with the guy and we're having, we have a fine relationship. We go back, we've known each other on LinkedIn for a little bit. Never met? And never met in person. And maybe we, uh, maybe we, you know, exchanged contact info, but we just kept going. If he was to all of a sudden call me out of the blue, I, it's a little disjointed without without preparation, without saying, hey, I was thinking about giving you a call. Would that be all right? That makes sense. 
That does make sense. And, and, I, and I don't actually know why that is. Well, it goes back to politeness and Thank appropriateness. You. Thank you. That's what it goes back to. And those are human fundamental traits that a lot of us, in one way or another, have backburnered, put on a shelf, and watched us collect on them, as opposed to just being simply appropriate and simply polite. And you were right earlier with the analogy to speed. Politeness is patient. Politeness is taking the time to get to know someone or taking the appropriate time to say to Brian, we've known each other on LinkedIn. I'd love for an opportunity to meet over coffee. Do you mind if I give you a call to set that up? That that slowdown, right, as absolutely. you said it, Tommy, is so key. So let me ask, let's go through some of these things. Let me just read to you. I know a lot of these companies, and I've actually I do business with some of these companies. So let me go through some of these um, front pages here, and I'll tell you the website name, and I'll ask you know each one of you back and forth, tell me what it is they do. Okay. And we can see how close we come. So the first one is FreshBooks.com. For, this is for going to be just for Tommy. Okay, right off the top of my head, I would say it's brand new books by brand new authors that they release. Okay, well now let, let me get a little bit in, into the website. So it says, say hello to cloud accounting. Easy to use, work anywhere, save time billing. Tell me about FreshBooks. What does FreshBooks do? Well, they're obviously an accounting firm that, or the firm that puts all of your files up in a cloud and, and maintains them there. Okay, so but what's the benefit to you as a business owner? Good question. Um, I'm not convinced that for me as a business owner there is any benefit. I have yet to be sold on cloud anything just because of the unreliability attached to it. Okay, so interesting. So for their, they would not get, they have not addressed cloud. So maybe what you need to do is so they have easy to use, work anywhere, save time, billing, cloud accounting. You need to hear um, safety. You need to hear yeah. uh, big time. Good point. You know, because you your opening statement, easy to use, et cetera, et cetera. You could insert QuickBooks there instead of FreshBooks, and it would speed the same thing. Okay. Yeah, and and for me to have my proprietary numbers up in the cloud somewhere. That's scary. You know something? I don't think so. You're well, going to have, me, let me try have this. to hold my hand and take my temperature a, a few times. A mild competitor of them, mint.com. Let me read this to you. This is for Tommy again. It's easy to understand what's going on with your money. Now what do you think is happening there? To me, that sounds more like an industry that you might be in, Brian, financial investment. That doesn't sound like accounting to me. That sounds like it's easy to understand what's going on with your money. We're going to place it in this account, in this offshore account, blah, 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 blah. And so that's that one sentence leads me down that path. And now to an accounting, here's what your numbers are on a weekly, daily, monthly basis. You're absolutely right. Get a great handle on your finances free and uh, the, the free and fast and easy way. Mint does all the work of organizing and categorizing your spending and where every dime goes when you make money decisions. So not only does it have where you where your money is, I don't know offshore accounts, but I don't want, I don't want anyone to be associating <laughs> me with offshore accounts. I don't so, do that. Sorry, Brian. But um, <laughs> but uh, but also where your spending is so you can really track stuff. Now, 
This has easy to understand what's going on with your money. I like that more than cloud accounting. Cloud accounting sounds like it's mysterious and it's a pain in the neck because I mean, it's accounting, which is a pain in the neck, and it's mysterious because it's in the cloud. And maybe I shouldn't say this, but it, to me, one of the visions that comes to mind is you know someone puffing on something <laughs> in a friggin' cloud. <laughs> maybe that's my growing up in the '60s coming through here. <laughs> but Garage but Band Tommy strikes again. <laughs> But I'm telling you, that's one of the images that comes to mind. Cloud accounting. Oh, yeah, good. I'm going to hire you fast. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> so here's here's another one. Uh, let's, do, uh, let, let's do Ken. Tell me what the benefit as a business owner this could be to you. Okay, so you see this. Evernote.com. Remember everything. Capture everything. Access anywhere. Find things fast. Uh, virtual filing system. And what's the benefit to you? Um, if I'm not in my office, I can go into my file drawer. So convenience? Probably not when I think of what's in my file drawer and having to get it online. No. Okay. So, so you are. So your your hurdle here would be um, barrier to entry. The barrier to entrance is boy, I got a lot of hit in the next stuff to yeah. get out of the drawer and make digital. So if they had some something up there that says um, easy to what uh, convert hard easy copy. to adapt. easy to convert hard copy yeah something okay. like that easily adaptable okay I might I might be entertained with it all right how about oh this is a great one eweddingcom that's Create crazy. a website that will help you plan and share the details of your wedding day. Create your free <clears throat> wedding website in under five minutes. Uh, I, I that mean, one's that easy. literally I that. says it all. I get that one. You know, like yeah. there's a lot of stuff to organize. Yeah. So this will help me plan mm -hmm. and share the details of my wedding day. Yeah. I mean, that's really... In an observation here, that domain name is by far the most concise of the handful that you've just shared there with us. Are. It says it essentially, I mean, and especially in this day and age, to see eWedding.com and not know what essentially what it is, I think the vast majority of the population would recognize it and have a clear vision as to what these people are offering. Yeah. Where Mint.com, I mean, you know, it could be, it, yeah. could, it could be candies. I mean, it could be a whole lot of different things. Yeah. I mean, Interesting. Smally in front of any word automatically takes whatever that word describes and puts it online. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I give them credit. I think that's that a good one. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll have to invoice them later for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, final thoughts. Okay, my final thought is that uh, stop trying to segregate online marketing from the rest of the marketing world and just be smart about connecting with your customers. Yeah, I agree. I think the biggest sin is that. They think social. They they do social media in a silo. Yes. Of all their other marketing yeah. efforts, and, and, and it's got to be all tied together. Here's my two cents on it. I wonder with the cloud company and the mint company, um, how much time they spent in doing what we talked about earlier in the show, talking with their clients and having a clear vision as to what the potential 
existing and potential client base really wants from them, including a name that embraces what they do. Yeah. And my guess is there wasn't enough time spent in developing those sites on that particular part of it, of really slowing down, going back to that phrase one more time, yep. and figuring out this is who we're targeting. Now, what do you need so that you will see this site as a useful, convenient, time-saving, money-saving opportunity for me to take advantage of? You got it. Totally agree. Uh, hey, we want to thank you all for uh, joining us. The, you guys have you've been coming out of the woodwork. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we can't do the show without our sponsors either, Gateway Financial Partners, the accounting firm of Budwitz, Meyer Jack, Deepwater Seafood, and CentralCTDental.com. Very special thanks to Evan Richards, who's in our chat room right now. Jello, Evan, he says. Uh, we're going to close up shop for this week, but do tune in next week at 5 p.m. Eastern when we will once again... Be open for business and I'll be 10 pounds lighter. Cheers. Yeah.